Welcome to the Royal Green Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Green Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 445. With the arrival of Wonder of the Seas into the fleet, Royal Caribbean is ready to move into its next phase from comeback to just doing what they've done best for over 50 years, and that is deliver an amazing cruise vacation. So with so much to look forward to, this week I get to sit down with Royal Caribbean Senior Vice President and Chief Product Innovation Officer Jay Schneider to talk about the big plans Royal Caribbean has coming up. Here we go. Lots changing in the world of Royal Caribbean all the time. And now with cruising back and moving forward, we now have an opportunity to see even more changes, including a brand new cruise ship. Less than a year, we've had two new cruise ships. And with all these changes and all that's happening and going to be happening, I wanted to bring you all an update with where things are. And of course, we're bringing back on the episode today, one of our good friends, Jay Schneider, who's the Chief Product Innovation Officer at Royal Caribbean Group. Jay, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we're sitting here on Wonder of the Seas and... You know, it's it's incredible because uh, this ship was at one point for actually for a little while. I just assumed I'm not sure I've ever seen her. Spectrum of the Seas, I've not been on because she went straight to Asia. Wonder was originally supposed to do that, and luckily for us, uh, we've been able to get on her through the changes that have occurred. But you know, there's so much to talk about. I want to talk about something that you mentioned uh, the other day, and I think it's worth talking about here about the fact that you know the ship was designed originally for the Asian cruise market in a sense, especially the climatization, right? Yeah. That there's certain areas that are more um, they're they're more climatized for colder weather, right? That was something that you started out as that idea, but you kept it. And you mentioned that it was part of that was you thought it was actually just a good idea in general. Can you talk more about why you decided to keep certain things like the aqua theater being enclosed, the solarium being completely enclosed as well? Talk about that kind of decision process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the initial idea was to climatize, as you said, the aqua theater um, and the solarium for a colder climate. And you could argue, uh, if you look back in time, we could have done that and maybe should have done that as we've deployed Oasis-class ships up into New York. Mm-hmm. Um, or it is actually cold in the Caribbean in the winter. In January in the Aqua Theater, with heavy winds, it can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we've kept it because from a design perspective, we we'll often talk about architectural wows. Wonder looks like the next evolution of an architectural wow and really has taken the design of the Oasis class up another level. Um, and so the climatization of both of those from a design standpoint is just stunning. And then two, um, we really think it's actually something that will help from a global climatization perspective. So as you think of the movement of this ship around the world, um, we often talk about how we design really try, we, we attempt to design a global fleet with as few adaptations by market as possible. And so this is one that, frankly, we just love and and will likely see on the next Oasis-class ship and may um, take back to other Oasis-class ships if we can. Fantastic. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of changes on here. And having we're recording this episode on day two of the cruise. I haven't been on here for, I've been on here for about 24, 25 hours, something like that. And you notice instantly some of these big changes. To me, this seems like Wonder seems like an evolution up from the previous evolution up in the Oasis class, which was Harmony and Symphony from Oasis and Allure. There's a, no, a lot of noticeable differences and lessons learned and ways to certainly improve it, right? And I think the Sweet Neighborhood really stands out to me because that expansion includes a lot more dedicated space uh, for Sweet Guests because, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me not to look at the fact that other cruise lines have moved into a very much a ship within a ship concept, which I'm not sure even you would say that's the case, but... There's clearly a direction that you're going in to provide more for Sweet Guests, the eighth neighborhood, right? 
Uh, can you talk about the that direction and why you decided to dedicate more of that space, even at the cost of actually some some suites that existed on on the other Oasis class ships? I, I think there's three um, distinctive areas that you've four distinctive areas that you've seen us really move um, through kind of a, as we talk tradition, evolution, and revolution mm-hmm. in our in our our brand. Um, I think you've seen three real distinctive pushes forward from us. Um, one is the sweet neighborhood, right? Um, we have, we've heard from guests um, that they want access to greater suite amenities. And so you saw that evolution on Odyssey yep. uh, and you saw us take yet another step function change here on Wonder. Um, and that includes our first real water experience. So the sweet sun deck, the sweet um, bar, the sweet lounge is just a really amazing space. We've always had sweet space. Coastal Kitchen and the Coastal Kitchen Lounge has been a really tremendous space for sweet guests. Um, and we want to take it up yet one more notch based on guest feedback. Uh, and so I think you find here on Wonder a tremendous kind of evolution of our sweet strategy, um, vessel over vessel. Um, our youth and family program, same thing. You're seeing an evolution of our youth and family program. I think this is the best youth and family space we have in the fleet. It was tremendous on Odyssey, and we took it up even another big step forward here. Um, if you haven't checked out the Social 100 patio, which is the dedicated patio space for uh, for teens, it is also amazing. It has its own uh, plunge hot tub, its own bar kid-centric bar, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, and amazing views. Yeah. Uh, we've given teens amazing views. Um, and then if you look at our open decks, our, this open deck to me is the best open deck we have in the fleet. I think I told you when I saw you on Odyssey, Odyssey was the best open deck we had in the <laughs> fleet. And we made it even more tremendous and even better. Yeah. Um, and with some real big wins. So the the movement of Splashaway Bay next to the perfect storm has created a family adjacency that we frankly, all looked at and said, well, we missed that on the other Oasis ships. Yep. And so if we could go back in time and quickly make those adjacent, we probably would. But that is something that we think is going to be tremendous. Uh, and so it's those those evolutions that we really, this is a transformational ship for us. You know, you mentioned the teen club area, the teen lounge area, right? Yeah. And that plays into something I know you've been a big champion of, which is the children's programming on board in general, whether it's Adventure Ocean, teens, let me ask you this. If, if you're sitting in front of a parent, a friend of yours that has kids, right, never cruised before, and they're considering which line to go to, what what do you think Royal Caribbean brings to the table? You know, it's not to say that you believe it's the best option out there, but what makes it so compelling as an option for, for families who are looking for kids to have that kind of programming there that really makes it, this is the right choice for the, the family cruise line market? So it's not just for the family cruise line market, I'd argue, it's for the family vacation. I really do believe ships like Wonder of the Seas compete with the best ultimate family vacation you can take anywhere on the planet. Um, I had the I was on the employee shakedown the other day, um, and I brought along a new-to-cruise family that had three kids. I have two young kids, five and nine, and they had kids that are uh, 9, 11, and 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and they walked away wanting to sail and wanting to sail with Royal Caribbean again. And because that between all of us, between 5 and 13, we got to see kids experience the totality of our youth and family offerings. Right. Everything from the playscape for everybody in the back of the ship to um, uh, their older daughter who was 13 going to spend time in the teen space um, and walked away and couldn't stop talking about it. And so as parents, that that is one of the reasons we go on vacation is make sure the memories are made as a family, but then also the kids have their own memories to make. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. It makes a lot of sense. 
Um, you know, and I mentioned at the very top, this is our second ship in less than a year that you've launched. Yeah. Odyssey uh, and now Wonder. Um, and there's still, you've got Icon of the Seas next year. Yeah. You've got Oasis 6 coming up right after that, right? And that's just the short term we're talking about here. Then Icon 2 right after that. Yep. How difficult is to manage all that, and what should we expect going forward? Because there's, it's, it's an exciting time. This, this pace is, is, I would, I mean, it's almost like a frenzy. I mean, you've got a lot of ships lined up, a lot of projects. How do you, how do you manage all those things? Yeah, it's funny. You asked me the other night what my uh, one priority was, and I think I rattled off eight things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we are working simultaneously on Icon, Icon Two, Icon Three. Um, we're working on uh, Oasis 6. We're working on the expansion of Coco Cay. We're work with Hideaway Beach. We're working on our new beach club in Paradise, uh, Paradise Island in Nassau. Um, we're also imagining the far-flung future as well um, because as a brand, we're never going to stop innovating. Yeah, um, It's one of the awesome and fascinating things about working for Royal Caribbean International. Um, and so those are some of our priorities, not to mention the work uh, Mark, Lincoln, Raymond, and the team do to continue to make sure that we have the best service that you're ever going to find in travel and leisure. So how do you, how much do they coalesce together? Meaning you launch Wonder, and let's say there's a lesson learned. Perhaps there's a venue that needs to be tweaked, adjusted. Like, does that basically, like, it, it ripples down as like a butterfly effect to the other ships that are in the pipeline, or is it more set, um, isolated, if you will? You've heard from Richard over the years, and you've heard from Jason and Michael about and Lisa about this notion of continuous improvement within our brands, um, and we really do live that. Um, this ship specifically, and I think I've mentioned this to you, we're taking a a bunch of experiments forward, um, and we're we're trying to experiment more often and, and more frequent. And that's tough in the new build cycle, as you can imagine. Right. Um, but there are really great experiments going on in this ship. Um, the synergy of music and entertainment into dining um, and trying to find the right mix of that. You'll see a couple different places in the ship where, do, where we're doing that. Um, new concepts um, and adjacent concepts, things that are working really well elsewhere that we're trying to push the boundary on. Uh, new programming, um, and that's food programming, entertainment programming. And so all of that is, is a continual improvement effort for us. And so there is a whole formalized lesson learned program where we talk about design quality and things we got right and things we want to improve. Um, and there are changes we're still going to make. Not everything is completely 100% done. I don't know that uh, anybody would notice it other than me. Um, but there are still small adjustments that we'll keep making in the coming months um, to make sure that we that really wonder is is continues to be frankly the best the best flagship in the class and in the fleet so we mentioned icon of the seas and being a student of royal caribbean i know that new ships always have their own cycle if you will they're not tied to like as a, as an example deployments right when a new ship they get their own deployment cycle versus the rest of the fleet but a lot of people are very excited to well know almost anything about icon of the seas so what can we expect is this the year we're going to hear more information about it what kind of timeline are we looking at for that you are. We go to market um, on ICON in the next two months. Okay. And so over the next two months, you'll hear us talk publicly about the size of the ship, the number of passengers, the neighborhoods. Um, I think the, you know, again, I'll keep it in that framework of traditional, evolutionary, and revolutionary. Mm -hmm. um, I think the only thing I'd say is that um, from a, a traditional standpoint, um, there will be neighborhoods. Um, beyond that, everything I think is in the camp of revolutionary. 
um, and or evolutionary. I think I told you once that I could I could go on record and say there will be a schooner bar, yes. but even the schooner bars evolved. Hmm. Um, and so everything you'll see on Icon will will be an evolution or revolution, and and will push forward again. Us being the the uh, at the top of the mantle on the ultimate family vacation. Fantastic. Um, there, you know, something I hear on 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 Wonder certainly that I've noticed. You know, the we've talked about wow bands, right? And I've not seen wow bands on here. In fact, we haven't seen wow bands return on any of the ships outside of Star Class. I know that they had those for at least them, but it's not been something that's been brought back since the pandemic. And I just wanted to get a sense of where that project stands. I know that a lot of innovation, a lot of changes. Are they are these a relic of the past now? Should we expect them to come back? Um, it's a great question that I don't have a good answer for. Okay. Um, we're still evaluating. Is probably my 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 cop out. Um, you saw us test uh, um, tracelets, which were uh, contact tracing wearable. We tested different types of contact tracing technology. Um, we found our groove in what we're using right now. Um, and you know, so as the pandemics evolved, we've evolved that type of technology. Um, we right before the pandemic, we were testing um, a new kid wearable that was an evolution of the wow band. Um, we continue to look at that technology, but I don't have a good answer for when when we'll bring that back yet, and okay. and how that will then intersect, kind of the next evolution of the wild band. Fair enough. You know, you you uh, you wear many hats at Royal Caribbean. I've known you when you first started off on the on Project Excalibur. Yep. And now you're obviously chief product uh, innovation officer. There's a lot that's going on there. But one thing I always like hearing about, and I know a lot of people are excited about, are some of these projects that we're going. On. So uh, I'd like to do a little rapid fire update. Sure. On some of these projects, I'll give them to you. You just let me know. I don't know how much ever you want to share. Uh, Hideaway Beach at Perfect Day. Hideaway Beach is under construction right now. Um, uh, there were a handful of decisions that we made during the pandemic to be smarter about that construction, um, specifically just the movement of some of the back of house functions. Uh, and so it's literally under construction right now. When you stop at Coco Cay, take the, the balloon up and you will see uh, construction going on. Uh, and so Hideaway Beach continues, uh, and it's going to be an amazing uh, adult space um, for about 2,000 guests uh, opening um, opening in, uh, right now, call it mid-20, mid to late 2023. Okay. Uh, Royal Beach Club in Nassau. Uh, also moving forward, um, we are still in negotiation with the government on the full proposal. We've been going through our environmental impact assessment. We've posted as a result of that um, uh, on our website, our various plans. And, and so that's just a, uh, we're still deep in negotiation with the government on, on, our, on the movement forward. But we, as soon as we complete that negotiation, it'll be shovels in the ground and we'll be off to the races. Uh, Freeport. Um, Freeport, the Freeport planning continues to move forward. Um, and so we continue to move forward with our, our port development in, in Freeport. Uh, Royal Beach Club in Antigua. Uh, we still have an ambition for a Royal Beach Club in Antigua. Um, right now our priority is the Royal Beach Club, uh, and Paradise First. Okay. We want to really get one live, understand it before we commit to the next Royal Beach Club. Perfect day at Lepa. Perfect day at Lepa is, um... Uh, still on our uh, our planning. Uh, it's still in our planning cycle. Um, we are really waiting for the Pacific to reopen in a massive way. It's it's you know we're we as an industry are challenged right now with China closed and with a slow opening of Australia. But um, we still have our property in Lalepa and still have plans for Lalepa. And lastly, last time we talked, you mentioned that the rail amplifications are not dead. 
Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, it again, a lot was paused during the pandemic, um, but uh, we have been extremely pleased with our amplification program. Right. Uh, and so they're absolutely not dead. Yeah, that's the question we get all the time about Explorer, Liberty, Allure. Adventure, and Allure, about what the likelihood of that happening is. Yep. Uh, I think there's a likelihood around every ship you just mentioned. <laughs> okay. It's just a matter of when. Okay. And speaking of Allure of the Seas, uh, we're looking at the calendar. Harmony of the Seas is coming to Galveston in 2023, which is really exciting for our friends down there. Uh, but if you play the game, you can see that Allure is missing from the deployments there. What can you tell us about what we can expect from Allure? We are. We're getting really close to announcing our new short program. And so we're experimenting. Again, whole notion of continuous improvement. We've loved our, our 3-4 short program. Uh, it's been tremendously successful. We've never piloted that with an Oasis class ship before. So Allure of the Seas will be the first um, pilot of a three, four night short program Wow! Um, out of Canaveral. Wow. That's exciting. That's I mean, that's, exciting. that's a, that's a huge thing. Is that when you look at, I know you're a big research guy and, and you know, when you look at a ship like that, right? New, does that really, are you trying to gain, is that a move that looks to the, to the new cruise market that typically books three and four nighters because they're a little timid about doing longer traditional seven night sailings. It also gives you a first on ramp to the Oasis class. If you want a quick three night on ramp to the Oasis class gets the best of a short out of Florida to perfect day gets the best of Oasis class. Now three nights mm -hmm. it, from my perspective and any number of people may argue with me is not enough time to experience an I, Oasis class. I ship. would agree. Um, however, it's a great on-ramp to try an Oasis-class ship, love it, and then come back for a 4, a 7, and given the products, we've got a lot to offer. Yeah, I mean, it's a tremendous change when I mean, you consider that it wasn't too long ago that Majesty and Enchantment were doing the 3 and 4-nighters yep. out, of, out of Florida, and that was a significant difference in the product that you were offering there. Um, and now you've went from the Voyager class to the Freedom class now, primarily doing the, the, three and four, the short program, and Alert would obviously be a even bigger stuff there that, you know, certainly it sounds like there's some, you're, 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 there's a pattern that's developing here. Right. Right. Yep. Um, in the most recent uh, Royal Caribbean group earnings, you know, guest spending on drink packages, casino, dining, and more is all up tremendously. And we're here on Wonder of the Seas. Dining, especially dining, is sold out. I mean, it is maxed out right now. And I know, like I said, you know, you're big in the market research, things like that. So what do you what does that tell you? When you look at that and you're designing ships and you're designing what Royal Caribbean is going to be offering next, you know is this is this a you know, is a bubble? Is this how do you see that? Because it's something that I remember during the earnings call when Michael Bailey and Jason Libby were talking, they were I don't want to say flabbergasted, but they just couldn't explain it. They just said it was just a phenomenon they've seen since cruising restarted in July of last year, but it continues on and it's definitely not atypical of what we traditionally see pre-pandemic. So what I wanted to get your thoughts on how that kind of looks out and what you, what your thought what your viewpoint is on those kind of numbers. Well, I think first and foremost, when you're done with a seven night voyage, and I think you're sailing back to back, right? Yep. So you'll be on the next one. When you're done with these two voyages, hopefully you'll look at your bill and find you spent a tremendous amount of money uh, on, on board. <laughs> so we'll be happy if that's the case. Yeah. Um, you've seen probably similar research in the market. There is. Um, consumers today have more money sitting in their savings account on average. Not everybody does, but on average. Um, and they didn't spend significantly on things during the pandemic. And so there's a desire to go experience things. And in experience things, people are spending more money. I'd love to point to one product and say F&B is driving it all or casino but literally all of our onboard programs um, are exceeding our expectation uh, from an onboard spend standpoint. And so everything is up. 
Um, I, I hope we'll continue to see that strategy purely from a revenue perspective. Sure. But it, but not from a revenue perspective. It gets people experiencing the diversity of our product. Yeah. Right? It gets you experiencing casino, F and B, entertainment, shore excursions, retail. You know, we've you know this, and, and we've talked about it a lot. Our, our these are these are big cities at the end of the day. Whether it's a small ship or a large ship, uh, there's so much for guests to do. Um, it's one of the trends we hope to see continue. Do you think guests are getting savvier? Are, are they like, because it's not just that they're getting on board and buying up all the stuff. They're they're doing this in advance. No, we continue to make improvements in the technology to make it easier for you to spend. If you remember, our old uh, pre-cruise planner product um, was not the best at making it easy for you to transact. Our new my cruise product, which has been slowly rolling out during the pandemic, and I think we have it on about sixty percent of our ships now. Um, is tremendously easier for you to save, purchase pre-arrival. We've made it easier for you to purchase in the app. And so we're trying to remove friction from those that, from that purchase process, make it easier for you to understand what you can do to maximize your vacation. And then again, I think we have a consumer who has have a, a ton of spent up energy and, and money and really is wanting to, again, maximize the memories that they're going to make with their family. Something I know has been, a, I don't call it a pet project, but something you've been very passionate about is improving the guest experience as it relates to getting on board the ship yep. uh, and making it frictionless, as I believe is the term that you use. Yeah. Um, you know, up until now, we've been dealing with capacities, maybe at the most 60% capacity, right? And that's a lot easier to manage from a onboarding standpoint. As we approach more like traditional full capacities, I know that... Uh, uh, Michael Bailey said that they're looking to get about to 100% sometime over the summer, give or take. Yep. Um, how does that look? Are we going to see, one of the questions is, will I ever have to wait again in the terminal lobby? You know, and they'll call us by crown and anchor number like they did before the pandemic. Are we Are we ever going to see that again? Or is it going to retain with the check-in times? What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so if you remember prior to the pandemic, we had this goal of getting you from car to bar in less than 10 minutes. That is still our goal. We knew going into the pandemic a couple things. One is, had we not made that investment, even the restart of operations would have been harder had we not had such an easy way for you to engage. Because we knew, obviously, protocols were going to be harder in the terminal, right? Um, we're really thrilled that um, both we had a, a consumer who was using app technology in their own life and it was easy for them to um, essentially be ready to cruise. Mm. Um, you saw us add and, and really lean into arrival times to help space guests out. Um, you now can do all of your documentation in the app pre-arrival and we're seeing the vast majority, 90 plus percent of all guests are showing up with their vaccine card, um, a screen capture of their vaccine card, um, their passport, their information all filled out. And that really helps kind of work us towards that goal of, of getting back to, frankly, Cardabar in 10 minutes or less. Um, we've added extra stops. You feel it in the terminal. Um, the wellness check that you go through, the questions that you have to go through. Um, we're hoping that over time, some of those we will be able to dial back and, and get back into that promise of, of less than 10 minutes. You saw us turn off our facial recognition technology because... Under the federal mask mandate, everybody's wearing a mask in the terminal, um, and we were challenged with retaining, you know, a frictionless facial recognition technology um, uh, as a result. Um, and so we'll bring that back into the ecosystem, uh, and then we're never going to stop giving up. We're going to never. We're going to keep. You know, we we often talk about giving you your your first day back, and that was rooted in the research that we've heard that people felt like they weren't on vacation until day two. 
And so whether it's our, our new Muster 2.0 program or it's uh, frictionless arrival in the terminal, the whole idea is to get you on vacation as fast as possible uh, because we don't want you, you know, if you think of air travel, right, you spend a lot of time in a terminal on a plane getting to a destination. The benefit we have is once you cross the threshold under the ship, you're on vacation. And so our, our job is to get you there as fast as possible. Fantastic. And last question for you, since we're, we are on Wonder of the Seas. Yeah. What area do you, what, what area really sticks out to you? If you, uh, if, if you had an hour to yourself to, uh, to relax and uh, just, you know, be, whether, let's assume maybe your family's here by yourself, it doesn't matter, but what's, what's an area that really stands out to you that you really gravitate, gravitate towards? You know, I, I have the hardest time answering that question. Um, there is so much amazing on the ship. Yeah. Um, if I'm with my family, being able to be on the pool deck with my kids, because I really do think this is the best pool deck we've ever created, um, is probably the thing I gravitate to. Um, if we're having dinner, it's going to be sitting in the Mason Jar Bar in one of the, the loungers, sitting out overlooking the water, listening to great music. Um, I, every space is tremendous. Those are probably two that stick out uh, yeah. for me. The view bar, I don't think we talked that's... about that. The view bar is an absolute gorgeous um, uh, bar on the open deck overlooking cantilevered over the ocean. The solarium is unbelievably tremendous. So if we can get rid of our kids for a voyage <laughs> and or get them into Adventure Ocean, uh, this my wife and I would just hang out in the solarium and enjoy ourselves. There's amazing water in the solarium. Um, and then wandering the ship, the art in the ship is absolutely stunning. Um, so I, that's a, that's my my short yeah. my short one. So what is the, you know, the view bar is interesting. Is it is, I don't want to say it's a different concept, but something, especially in the Oasis class, which is very much inward facing, it's it's nice to have something that's really outward facing. You can watch the ocean from the bar. And it's, uh, I mean, granted, this is two days into the cruise, but it's been very popular in the first two days. It seems like a lot of people like that idea. It's not another pool bar or something like that. It seems to really resonate there. And, and I mean, talk to me about the decision with the, with the view and, and what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, there's a couple things. One is um, it was originally a mistake. So we were, as with every ship, we go through this process of water weight um, and water weight, especially on the upper parts of the ship. And so we thought we had a water weight problem and it turns out we didn't. But at the time we thought we did. And so we created a bar instead of a, another hot tub space. Hmm. And we actually want to get water in every possible way. Um, I don't know that we purposely always, in fact, I, you're going to see from us in the future an effort to not just get you looking in, but getting you looking looking out. Hmm. Um, and so the more that we can push you looking out into the gorgeous ocean or the destinations around you is really important to us. And so the view bar was a great opportunity for us to try something different. Um, and it's an amazing cantilever bar with, you know, the whole idea behind the view is you've got amazing views and amazing sunsets if, you know, uh, you want to enjoy it. Fantastic. Jay, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely.